This is a poem entitled Ode to Club Kayfabe. What is up, everybody? Wait, that's the wrong show. Hey, everyone. Okay, there we go. I'm here to discuss a podcast, if you please, on this giant media ball. Without the fleas. What's the big deal, you ask? Why all the hype? It's a show with three white guys chatting over Skype. Well, it's actually much more. The show is pretty funny. I said that because the three hosts owe me money. Okay, not really. I was just playing. But this next part is true. So hear what I'm saying. The host of the show, Pat, Dan, and Chris, all work really hard. When they do this? Dedicated is Pat, and Dan is the man. Chris holds it together. He's got the plan. Did I mention the characters who show up every day? Popping in and out of the Cafabe Cafe. There's Brazza Ramon stopping by to say, Yo. And EORT is always sad, don't you know? Will the dream be there? I think so. Maybe. We actually rarely see Dusty Rhodes, baby. But Arnold is here, and his passion's unbridled. Especially for the icy title! Quick, get off the hatch. Everybody make way. It's Conspiracy Jesse. He's got something to say. The next guy's a personal favorite of mine. It's Stone Fold Steve Austin, hanging clothes on the line. And there's Racist Vince, who's looking well-bred. He just called me Trigger. I think that's what he said. There is also a Club Kayfabe Facebook group, too, with a whole lot of members. I'll name just a few. There's the Matthew Boys, Anderson and McFarlane, Dan Dow, Danny Rensner, and also Matt Hardman. Monty Malark and Taylor Chadwick. Jason Shin, who's apparently craving black <coughs> jeans. <coughs> Melissa Hatfield is a fine-looking fox. Joe Image just got a new custom fan box. My brothers Chris and Denz are both doing their thing. Jan Batista, you will always be hashtag king. And Jeff Trellowitz, your book is quite swell. But Jason, I'm sorry. You just can't well. And then there's me with the rhymes I'm kicking. Around here, I'm known as Cotton Picking. Yes, it seems that Club Kayfabe is a great place to be. I wonder what's in store for year number three. And this poem I wrote, would you buy if I sold it? Would it get me some points? Buried. Or folded. Anyway, that's my time. So I'll just say bye. And a Roman Reign reference. Ooh, ah! And a big shout out to my boy Adrian Cotton for that awesome Club Kayfabe poem that I was laughing hysterically listening to. It's Thank full you of for... the lulls. Full of the lulls. Well, my name is Chris O'Mealy, and that over there is Dan Peck. Oh, what a day! What a lovely day! And we are here for episode 102-B of the Club Kayfabe podcast. This is going to be uh, part two to the episode that we recorded on Saturday where Dan and Pat previewed Payback and then spoiled Arrow for Chev, which yep. didn't spoil anything for me since I don't watch that show, but I still laughed. Um, we're going to continue on with the show and we're going to do the Payback review and then the TakeOver preview along with your regularly scheduled segments. Please ignore the pre- any... The pre-sequel. 
Yes. Uh, please ignore any extraneous noise as it is pouring rain in my place right now. But we're going to ignore that bad weather and talk about a good pay-per-view. As Siobhan Ferguson pointed out, WWE continues their string of decent pay-per-views ever since they launched the network. There's been, like, one subpar pay-per-view, and that was TLC, right? Right. And that was only because it had the epic stairs match that was, The you whole know, show was just was just not, not great. Right. And then, like, the Royal Rumble match itself was kind of booked crappily, but the triple threat was a match of the year candidate, so... You just kind of roll with it. Um, and it's kind of weird that Payback ended up being as good as it was because on paper it was kind of like, eh, I don't know about this one. Mm-hmm. And then it's like Elimination Chamber in two weeks, so this could be easily have just been a phoned-in pay-per-view. Because well, this is a full pay-per-view, right? But Elimination Chamber is a network special. Yeah, I I guess. People, people not... can't spend 50 bucks to watch this? <laughs> I guess. I'm not really sure how that's going to work, but we're going to treat it like it is. So anyway, let's talk about the uh, Payback pre-show in which we got a bonus match. Bonus! As our Trizzle, coming out doing the rap thing, took on Stardust, which, in my opinion, was kind of like, uh, hey, we don't have anything for you guys until the vacant IC title match at Elimination Chamber. So why don't you guys just go out there and get a payday? WWE payday. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much exactly what it was. So, Truth defeats Stardust in the first match. Uh, your standard Truth-Stardust match. It's, you know, it's a TV match, pretty much. They've wrestled each other many times. Yeah, so. it, wasn't, it wasn't good, it wasn't bad, it was decent. Um, Truth goes over, and I believe he hit the lie detector for the finish? I don't even remember. <laughs> um, that sparked my first joke about someone going over in Baltimore which sparked the the jokes that were skyrocketing about if Cena wins, we riot. And I was just like, oh, God, this is just going to get this is gonna get worse before it gets better. It was kind of like when Chief Wiggum got his tie caught in the in the machine at the Quickie Mart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, I got my own problems here. Oh, boy, this is going to get worse before it gets better. But then we actually got the actual advertised pre-show match, which was the meta, no, mega powers because why be original when we can just do a full ripoff yeah and i was a little disappointed that they switched that over from meta powers and they took on the ascension so we got to see hogan and savage take on demolition in 2015 because we haven't seen that match I before say that but curtis axel and damian sandow did their did their homework they did their work they did, and they looked amazing. And I, I was watching Axel wrestle. I'm like, man, he's got to be loving this right now because he's actually wrestling like he's lazy. <laughs> it was probably a night off for him. He did the leg drop but with the wrong leg because freaking hard camera. Yep. <laughs> freaking hard camera. But uh, the shock here was that the Ascension actually went over, which I did not expect to happen. Because they're I... an actual team. Yeah. Well, I think it's just because of the fact that they haven't really been booked to do much. And anytime they have been on TV, it's been in a losing effort or they've been part of an eight man tag. And even if their side went over, they weren't involved with the finish. They're the kings of the pre-show, though. This is like their fourth (laughs) pre-show. 
Well, at least they were on the Royal Rumble pay-per-view. They weren't the pre-show there. But, yeah. Um, when they fought the New Age Outlaws? Yes. They came out pandering to the Philly crowd with their Philly fanatic gear. And the Ascension went over. Uh-huh. Well, um, I-, I think Connor and Victor just haven't found their niche on the main roster. And this was finally what they were looking at because they're accusing these guys of ripping off the past while they themselves are ripping off the past. And that's, you know, that's heel worthy enough. That makes you kind of sit up and go, oh, these guys are a bunch of hypocrites. Maybe I'll sit up and pay attention to them. So I actually think they needed the win more than anything. So I'm glad they went over. Um, it's not like this is going to be the end of Axelmania and Mandau. Or I'm not really sure where they're going next with that, but I'm sure that's not the end of it. And you want to know proof positive that this team is going to be over because the ultimate hater of things liked, specifically anything involved with comedy gimmicks, he is loving this act. Oh, really? He is. So I want you guys to take that and think about that for a minute. He likes what's happening. So before you decide whether or not you like it. Yes. Before before you guys decide, he's going to make the decision for you. Uh, great. Now everyone's going to hate it. All right. So let's talk about the actual payback pupava. Your opening contest is Sheamus versus Dolph Ziggler in a kiss. No, a singles match. And he kissed me singles match. <laughs> Ew. You imagine they got to kiss a bunch of one dollar bills. Are they both single? Are they? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not I'm not up on my stalking, so I could I would be more apt to know whether what divas were single or not than what regular, yeah. what regular Well total well total divas kinda tells you who's single and who's not. And then they're like, you know what, this show sucks because it's all married people. Put Paige on there because she's single. Hooray. But, but yeah, putting Paige on the show just made me pay attention to it more. Uh, Sheamus and Dolph have a really friggin' good match. Um, nothing overly special from the matches they've had in the past. Just really, really good. The big moment here was that uh, there's a headbutt spot where Ziggler busts himself open and just starts bleeding everywhere. And you can tell this is 2015 blood because the referee immediately puts on latex gloves. But fortunately, it happened near where I expect the finish was. So instead of having to go home early, they kind of just went home regularly. Uh, they just got in the car and drove away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, of course. No, I love how like WWE. This is WWE 2015. Someone bleeds, so he puts the gloves on. Like you know, every other sports has been doing that for like 25 years. Yeah, it's, and it's WWE funny because just started two years ago. <laughs> they love to claim that they're so ahead with everything, and yet they're not. They're horribly like behind. They just learned about AIDS and hepatitis two years ago. Did they learn about hepatitis when apparently they didn't? Care Randy Orton's father. All was they did was stop booking Bob. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, brogue kick for the win. Different type of brogue kick because Ziggler was on his knees. Doge. Vicious so finish. Good match. To, didn't have to strain his. His groin as much to get the leg up so high. Yeah, right. No groin straining going on so there. So it's more of a Yakuza kick than a, than a big boot. Yeah. The Yakuza, the Japanese mafia, they'll kill you five times before you hit the ground. 
I wonder how many more Simpsons references I can fit into this show. Let's find out. Uh, next up, we have a two out of three falls match, which is The New Day versus Kid and Cesaro. And they make an incredibly subtle, but I still caught it, reference to the Baltimore riots. <laughs> and I laughed. Oh, yeah. I love the, I love this New Day promo, how they're like, they're like, it's the power of positivity. Even though you're fat slobs, you can do it with the power of positivity. Yeah, they, they, so they put everyone down, but in, 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 a, in what they think is a way to try to build everybody up. Your team has not been good for over 30 years, but you know, if you were positive. Somebody made a somebody made a reference to this last night and they're like, "Why isn't Bo Dallas part of the new day?" And I just was like, "It's kind of obvious, but I really don't think I should say it because if you don't know why, then you're the one that's ignorant." <laughs> Wait, it's Bo pretty Dallas, obvious. Bo Dallas is a white man. <laughs> Bo Dallas is like the white man on the roster. Bo Dallas um should be the higher power oh my god what a twist what a twist but bodellis isn't like super white because he's part in indian and i mean wawa wawa indian and not wawa indian feathers not dots sure yeah well we we have the door because um because pat isn't here in the studio at the moment, um, we were able to take that extra security that he never, ever does. And we actually have the door locked. He never locks the door, but we actually figured it out. So that Pat, guy Pat would be has getting this in. open door policy that we don't. <laughs> that's why that's why Dan aggressively sits on the hatch. <laughs> He's like, at least there's one thing I can close. Just wait till He's they start climbing fast. in through the window. Oh, no. <laughs> That's why we're on the second floor, so it, it, it'll they'll at least earn it if they come in through the window. <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, Kid and Cesaro win the first fall. I love this, and then immediately, uh, freaking Xavier Woods hops up on the apron, and he's like, free bird rule! Free bird rule! I should wrestle this next part! <laughs> yeah. And the referee's like, it doesn't work like that! <laughs> what were they chanting that Oh, they were chanting, like, this is awesome or something, and he's like, yes, it certainly is. We know that! Oh, yeah, it was like, yeah, well, I know that. <laughs> yeah, this is, this New Day is getting these guys yes, over really well. they have in the last three or so weeks. They really have. Um, and they have excellent chemistry with Kid and Cesaro. Of course, they win the next two falls, and the finish is uh, <laughs> breaking it's the Michael Cole magic. rule. <laughs> yeah, as Xavier Woods rolls in and does the roll-up spot. To help them retain the titles. And I guess this time, because, you know, it's written into the script, Cole can actually tell the difference between them. Between Xavier Woods and Kobe Kingston. Yes. Uh, really, really good match. Probably the the best one that they've had. And I'm intrigued to see where how they're going to work the tag team into the Elimination Chamber. Especially when they were flipping out. Teams? I don't know. But I loved how he was flipping out about, we can't all fit in the pod, we're too big. There's three of us in a pod. We're too big. I like how they had the, the, the milk in the wine glasses. That was awesome. That was hilarious. And freaking Big E was the only one actually drinking, and then he does a spit take. <laughs> milk, it does a Big E good. There was only three glasses of milk. Of course. Big E was upset. That's why he started drinking it? I don't know. No, but that wouldn't... That would subtract from it. Yeah, well, at least it wasn't three anymore. 
Wait, Biggie must have officially dropped that gimmick altogether because when they clap, they only clap three times. Oh, if Biggie was in charge, they'd be clapping twice more. <laughs> don't don't even try that. You, I'm sure you've thought of that at some point. <laughs> New day rocks a lot because three claps isn't enough. It's not. Well, you know, they all, all right. come out to the song anyway. Like it's not like it's like Bree mode where. If she's ever with Nikki, it's just you can look but you can't touch. But if she's ever alone, it goes buck 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 buck. I like I like that beam just because of that. All right, now we've got the big confrontation between Bray Riot Bray Riot. Yes, Bray Riot. Well, somebody did point out that it sounded like they were chanting "Let's go Riot." During that match, I think that was Dan Dahl who pointed that out. And just dude, like dude, during this match, I heard "Let's go Wyatt Batista." <laughs> I did think I did hear that too. I don't know what so, they so were chanting because it sounded like Batista, and I'm like, "What? They're not saying Ryback or Big Guy. Like, what are they saying that I'm mistaking for Batista?" So the big guy's name is Batista now. <laughs> um, Bray Wyatt wins the match, which I think we all kind of predicted going in, because this this wasn't uh, this wasn't going to be a Ryback win anyway. This was Bray Wyatt elevating another guy and making him look good even in defeat, and I think that's what happened here. It wasn't as good as I expected it to be, but at the same time, every time Wyatt starts a new program. His first match with the guy is almost always kind of like, uh, expected more. But that's because he's going to wrestle him a few more times. Yeah, and it's going it, to get was better. also fighting Ryback. Yeah, but I think it was, was one of Ryback's best matches. Yeah, but it was still a Ryback match. And it okay. Like he was fighting CM Punk in there. No, I, I'm going to I'm gonna give you that. I'm just saying that I think he looked better than he has, and I think that has a lot to do with Wyatt. You're telling me he can't work his fat. Oh, yeah, and he wears a shirt. And he wears a shirt. <laughs> this cat wrestles in a shirt? <laughs> He's got to be a cat, though. Did you always wrestle in a shirt? <laughs> That's a tank top. Yes, much much better. So, oh, so no, it's a shirt Dean without Ambrose sleeves. For, you don't hate <laughs> Dean Ambrose for wearing a shirt, Ben? No, he does. Well, he hates... No, his whole thing, he hates Ambrose for wearing jeans. And guess what? Bray Wyatt wears technically a tank top. Yeah. It doesn't have sleeves. It might be a thicker top on the tank part, but whatever. This is what happens when you reach your 40s and you haven't made it in the business. And you hate people for being the exact same as you. Oh. Oh. He's in his 40s, really? Um, I don't know. But I know he's... I know he's... He's either late 30s, or early 40s. Because I feel like he was in his 30s when I met him when I was 20. And that was 10 years ago. So it it might be an unfair assumption, but still. All right, so let's talk about this I quit match that happened between John Cena and Rusev. First this of all, was the holy crap, there's still two hours in the show. We better kill some time match. Yeah. What would you think of the actual match itself? Uh, it was 
all right. As far as, uh, far as all the I Quit matches I've seen, it's probably the worst one, actually. <laughs> um, here's the thing. A lot of these I Quit matches that have been recent have been trying to utilize the whole referee sticking the mic in your face thing. And I liked it better when it was back in the day and the guys would just take the microphone, stick it in their face, and demand it. Instead of just being... Instead Plus, of like, if the referee keeps on asking him if he wants to quit and he says yes, the match still shouldn't end. Yes, no, he's got to say the words I quit. He's supposed that was, to say I quit. <laughs> right. That was the big That was the big plot point at during this match because Cena couldn't say it because he was knocked out. Here, Here's what I like, though. I actually do like the finish of this match, and the reason I like it is because it was the best way to do it and keep the guys looking strong because it's pretty obvious that Rusev was just spouting out crap in his native Bulgarian, which he actually was speaking Bulgarian, according to the announcers. I guess they remembered his true origin story. And the fact that Lana jumped in and claimed that he quit and they bought it was the best way to be like, well, he may not have ever actually said it, but you don't know that. And that's going to lead to the breakup, which is what happened later, which he's just chilling in the locker room and he just told her to get out, among other words that I don't understand. I'm not up on my Bulgarian, so. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> but uh, but it didn't matter if she was if she was yelling in Russian, Bulgarian, Namekian. It didn't matter. Uh, Rusev loses because it's an I Quit match with John Cena in it. So, lol, if you thought Rusev was winning. Also, about the finish is like out of all the things that's happened to him, he uh, an STF with a little bit of rope is what ended <laughs> the match. So I was like, yeah, that's. I mean, he exploded him in, like, the worst shot sequence in a match almost ever. Because <laughs> he, like, he AA'd him on the box, and then, like, five feet away, a pyro went off, and they're like, Oh, he's burned alive! He's gonna yeah. die! Undertaker like, oh, did it that better. that was terrible. That was really badly shot. Undertaker did it better, except the Undertaker actually got burned. Uh, have you have you read Jericho's third book where he talks about that? I have read that? none of Jericho's book. Oh, God. Where he talks about it in detail, how Taker got hit three times with the pyro and had to stand there in the elimination chamber the whole time, just, like, dumping water I remember, on himself. I remember watching that match. That's yeah, when he, he, uh, he, like, changed what kind of coat he was wearing. Right. Same thing happened yeah. to, well, similar thing happened to Shawn Michaels where at a pay-per-view, oh, no, it was in a Raw, he, when he had, like, the big jacket with all the hooks and stuff on it and it got hooked on the on the <laughs> that ramp was funny though and then all of a sudden he stopped wearing the big elaborate jacket <laughs> yeah um they talked about how like taker was in the pod the whole time dumping water on himself he got hit three times and he said the only thing that saved him was his hat his jacket and the fact that he wets his hair before the match and jericho's because jericho went over in that match and he did it by eliminating taker and he had him in the walls and all this other stuff that involved in basically utilizing his scorched body all over the place. And he said when he got to the back, Taker's just sitting there and he goes, Vince, I don't want an apology. Whoever the fuck did that, just get him out of my sight. Because if I see him, he's going to die. And Jericho's like, we never saw that pyro guy again. And there was, yeah, because you could see that mark on his chest the entire match. Same with uh, Triple H getting burnt by the by the um, the dry ice at that one WrestleMania. Oh, God, I remember that. And you that. could see it because of the lights, and it was shining the green back on you. Oh, I, I remember that, yeah. And oh. then he had to, that was, the, I think, was that the freaking Hell in a Cell match? So then he then wrestled for like 40 minutes 
Yeah. With a freaking dry ice burn on it. Dry ice is worse, too, because that's a chemical burn. That's not even just like a a fire burn. That's a chemical freaking burn. Out of of my entire life of of pain I have uh, felt, the the one, number one on mine would be burns. I have been severely burned on my hands twice in my life, and yeah. Yeah, it's not fun. It's the most painful thing I've ever experienced. So, so the uh, the moral of the story is that Rusev didn't actually get burned, and the spot was meant to look cool, but didn't. Yeah, they but, just if they had moved the camera like a foot further to the left, you would have had uh, you know a, a spatial difference where you could maybe believe it. Yeah, because you know cameras don't see in three D unless you got special three D <laughs> stuff going on, and you don't. Yeah, this this isn't the red and blue pay per view. No, because there's no roster split, but maybe there's one coming. Think about it. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> anyway, um, next we have the Bella Twins versus Naomi and Tamina Snuka. Yeah, uh, I was like, why don't you just give us another title? Yeah, match? The, the give give <laughs> me. Yeah, the give divas a chance thing is great, but this match really didn't help it out much. It was just kind of. This was kind no, of no. Actually, match. give the divas a chance. Yeah, really. Uh. It's pretty obvious they're building towards a diva title run with Naomi, and that's great because she's been due for one for a few years now. Uh, for a very long time. She, yes. was, she was the best diva in that freaking NXT Season 3. Yeah. But the real highlight of all this was their pre-match interview when they asked Brie about Daniel Bryan. And oh, yeah, she, that was like, in the pre-show, yeah. Yeah, and she broke down and showed more emotion than her sister has in her entire career. And she's just like, oh, she's like, I'm the champ. It's supposed to be about me, but it's all about freaking Daniel. <laughs> yeah. Which I guess helps the storyline a little bit that the focus is off because that'll give them kind of an out when Naomi does go over for the title, which I assume is going to happen. So at- worried about Daniel. They should do a divas elimination chamber. You really want to prove the divas and make them look tough? Put them in the chamber. Let them do what the guys do. On the indies, they would do it. Dude. I could totally see. Like Sarah Del Rey and Mercedes Martinez and Vita Scott in an Elimination Chamber match. Oh, Vita would get killed by those two. Yeah, but Vita has done has a uh, has bled a lot of blood in that match before. So it'd be a fascination chamber. It was the um when she fought Gregory Iron in like the final match of their like year long feud. And oh my I, God! If he didn't stop. Because I'm friends with him on Facebook, and I'm friends with her too, but he did not stop promoting that match once, and it was always, Vita Scott, I'm going to kill you, Vita Scott this, Vita Scott that. And then, like, she would be like, hey, guys, here's my cat. (laughs) (laughs) She just no-sold him the whole time. It was awesome. (laughs) But that was funny because she she wrestled in a wedding dress that she turned into gear. Because they were a tag team for a while, and they were champions. And then, uh, but how it all, how the feud all started is he like confessed his love for her, and she's like, "Nah, we're just really good friends." And so then that's when he turned heel. And he's like, "You friend zoned me." <laughs> there, there's a really inappropriate joke to be made there, but I'm not going to make it. And then they had a really cool program for like an entire year in AIW, and then they had a cage match, and Vita bled all over the place, but it was awesome. Like I said, a lot of the girls on the indies could do what the guys do, so they should really give their divas a chance. Stop with the whole, oh, they're, stop with this prissy crap where they all have to look good for the camera and everything. We get it. You know what? That's what makeup is for. You can cover scars and marks with makeup. 
Make them look tough. <clears throat> they're supposed to be strong, sexy, and powerful. Yeah, well, they're missing some of that. <laughs> Ronda Rousey would get in there and kick their asses. Right. Just saying. Uh, we got Speaking a of strong, sexy, and powerful. <laughs> I was about to segue to Barrett and Neville. Is that what you want to talk uh, about? Adrian Neville. When a midget. <laughs> what did I say? When a midget deadlift suplexes you. <laughs> oh Jesus. Um, decent match. Standard Neville Barrett stuff. <laughs> oh, I hate that it's so bless you, sneeze. but I hate that it's oh, it's already standard Neville Barrett stuff because they've yeah. already wrestled like five times now. Yeah, um, the finish was kind of funny because it was basically Barrett just being like "f this," and then Neville's like, "All right, I won. I guess I'll kind of celebrate it." LOL. Nope. Here's your bullhammer. Now I'm going to prance around like a king. I've got a bag full of bullhammers. And you know what? I, I like that they're doing the King gimmick now with Barrett just because of the fact that it seemed like they kind of killed off his bad news gimmick. So this is the perfect way to segue him into that. And then he can always go back to being Wade Barrett and still have the bad news thing going on. Boom! Jacket Pyro. King Robe Pyro. But if, if history is any indication, he's going to milk this for a while. Because every time they do a King of the Ring, they milk it forever. And then all of a sudden, it just gets dropped. Yeah, one day nowhere. it'll just be dropped. Yeah. It'll get dropped when this actually leads to something for Barrett, like another title win or something like that. Well, is he going to be in the Elimination Chamber for the IC title? Probably. I would imagine. I'm going to announce them all on Raw. Here's the thing is they're going to have to pick only six guys for this. Yep. <laughs> That's how cool it is right now in that division. It's pretty good right now. That that they actually have to narrow... Instead of us struggling to figure out who it's going to be... Like who the last two or three guys will be? Yeah. We, we, we kind of have, like, 12 guys that we're just like, damn, they can't use all of them. Or can they? Two guys per pod start with four guys in the ring. <laughs> well, they're already, yeah, they're already going to do that with... <laughs> Could you just see, like, two hated rivals just standing there in the pod together? We're too big! <laughs> They've changed right. the size of the pods over the years. Like the first couple, you could you're like, geez, Shawn Michaels barely fits in there. But like now, it seems like you could probably fit a family in one. Right. And that leads us to our main event, the Fatal Four Way for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship, which was Mr. Ambrose, Mr. Reigns, Mr. Ortan, and Mr. Rollins, and. If Mr. Rollins did not win, then Mr. Kane, first name Demon, yes. or corporate, whichever one he wants to be, he uh, would no longer be in his position of power. But I guess that storyline point was moot because, lol, Rollins retains. With a pedigree. Yeah, with an awful pedigree. Uh, um, this match... It, this match is good. Like, it's a really good fatal four-way. There were parts where we finally got rid of Orton and we got to see the Shield reunion that we all wanted, which was the triple power bomb, and we all marked for it. And then my favorite part was Rollins sticking his fist out, like, yeah, we're back together. And they just kind of smirked at him and, and then knocked and him then out. And then Roman was like, say what? <laughs> say what, baby girl? Baby girl. And then he went, ooh, which he actually did. And he actually said it exactly the way we've been saying it, which was the scariest part. Which means so he also listens to the show, and now he's thinking of Jason Shin. 
Oh god, they kept on showing like the same promo for Tough Enough with the marks in their videos, and there was a couple of people that were like, they really should get that person, that person's really good, I know who that is. And then at the end, there's the freaking mark that's like, I'm gonna do all the Roman Reigns stuff. <laughs> Believe uh, that! And then he, pun- then he Superman punches the camera. Yeah. And of course there's the two people that played up, that they still live with their parents. Black like, guys was better. Like the white guy is just like, here I am in the my parents' basement. But the better one is the black guy is like cutting a pretty decent promo, and then also knock, 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 mom, I'm cutting, I'm making a video. <laughs> I could just see Kevin Dunn being like, man, he was good until that point, and just throwing the videotape out the bus window. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Rollins retained, King keeps his job, and all the other stuff's happened, and Orton took the pin, so hopefully that'll actually end the Orton portion of this program for a while. And now Orton will go do, I don't know. Stuff. Yeah, Orton will go do stuff. Maybe Orton will answer Cena's U.S. Open Challenge, and we'll get John Cena versus Randy Orton, feud part 1700. Only it's for a mid-card title instead. And I would just laugh my ass off. As they're like the third match on a pay-per-view. Yes. But uh, that was Payback. Um, Pretty good show. Probably should have been the pay-per-view after WrestleMania, just based on the name. Or change the name, make it something else. But overall, good pay-per-view. Yeah, it was like a third pay-per-view in a row. It looked bad on paper, but it was actually pretty yeah. good. And, and, and I would be remiss if I didn't point out that their Money in the Bank promo was written by Maven. Was it really? No, but it was a QVC commercial. Yes, and that's where is. that's what he does now. Does he? Yes. I didn't even know. Oh, there's so many of them. I'm swimming in them. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that. <laughs> oh, they all just fell. The cards. Oh, there's a Ken Griffey Jr. Rookie card. Uh, we might have to post that video along with this. Rookie cards. Again. We haven't done that before. Oh, but, Ken uh, Griffey Sr. But uh, Dan here, he's got the card for the upcoming NXT TakeOver special, Unstoppable, which we're going to review on our next show. So let's talk about this. That is on Wednesday. It is on Wednesday. Yes. Because that's what NXT Wednesday. is. And guess what? I saw that TNA is moving to Wednesday, so good LOL. luck fighting freaking NXT and Lucha Underground. Bad idea. All right, here's our matches. We got the Bailey and Charlotte versus Dana Brooke and Emma. Yeah, I Dang feel match. like I feel like that's going to be the heels going over just because of the fact that they're building up Dana Brooke. But uh, who's got either... some serious butterface going on? Yes. But uh, I feel like we're finally going to get that Bailey character turn. Not necessarily a heel turn, just a character turn. Oh, yeah. The tougher, the tougher Bailey's going to come out of this one. Well, she's been uh, firing up lately because Emma's stealing her stuff. Yeah, she stole my headband and my shirt. <laughs> and this could be Charlotte's uh, farewell, right? Because she's been at Raws lately, just hasn't been on screen. Charlotte needs to go up to the main roster. Actually, I kind of predict that Charlotte will debut on the main roster after we get a Naomi 
title victory followed by, you know, the, the quintessential Bella rematch. And then it'll be Charlotte that comes out and challenges her. No, I think Charlotte should be sooner than that. Cause you're talking like after money. That would only be at that point. <laughs> uh, no, not really. That could actually just be elimination chamber. She loses. Nikki gets her rematch on raw and Charlotte makes a save. That can only be two weeks. craziness i just think it's time because charlotte has nothing left in nxt so it's either main roster or bust now yeah and it's funny like i said she's been at like at the last three or four raws she's been there and she's got a tailor-made feud because rick flair's daughter could take on jimmy snooker's daughter to lead up to her match with naomi that's yes yes (laughs) yeah but no i'm thinking too smartly now i'm sorry uh, speaking of thinking too smartly, our next matchup is Baron Corbin versus Rhino. <laughs> uh, half of this match just aggravates me. Um, I really hope this isn't just going to be a stupid LOL Baron Corbin wins, but I have a feeling it will be because apparently they're all really high on him and like Tommy Dreamer put him over after his surprise appearance at the Philly house show. So I have a feeling that this is going to be a Corbin win. And hopefully it'll be longer than, like, three minutes, but I'm not really sure. I don't know. There's six matches on this two-hour show. So. Yeah, and a lot of these matches are going to be long, so I don't know about this one. I, yeah, this will probably be your quick your quick match. Uh, I predict Corbin wins, and I predict that I still won't be sold on him yet. There, there's, like, really very little reason for Rhino to win anyway. It's true. Oh, so. well. Oh, well. Our next is a triple threat match for the number one contendership, which might be changing or might not be changing. and Depending well, on Hideo Itami's injury status. Uh, it's supposed to be Finn Balor, Hideo Itami, and Tyler Breeze. Yeah, I feel like they're going to take Hideo out, but they might add somebody to it. Or they might, uh, uh, which, whichever Uso uh, was hurt at WrestleMania, and they just took him out in the first couple minutes. Oh yeah. Someone could just do something crazy, something crazy looking to Hideo, but not crazy physical on him personally, and then he can just spend the rest of the match in the corner or taken backstage or something. Right. Uh, it's a tough one to call because I feel like it wouldn't be Tyler Breeze just because we all know that Owens is basically in this for a long haul as far as a title run is concerned. And it's probably not going to be a Sammy victory just because of his injury. But I feel like Tyler Breeze will actually pull this one off because they keep talking about Balor going to the main roster too. So why not let Tyler Breeze be the next I guy? I think it is because Breeze needs to um, get back up there again. Yeah. So is at this point, if he doesn't, uh, if he doesn't do it this time and he's probably done but I'm also I'm also thinking too much about heel versus heel, where this is NXT. A Breeze versus Owens match would be over no matter what. It'd be pretty sweet. Besides, it'd be pretty funny to hear Breeze cutting promos on Owens. Oh, that fat Ugo? Yeah. Where's a shirt re- when he wrestles? He re- yeah. <laughs> the fat Ugo wrestles in a shirt. Oh, I like this Tyler Breeze guy. He speaks my language. Which is kind of New York, kind of not. Vuggo of Vuggos. Uh, and now we're into our title matches as Blake and Murphy defend against Enzo and Big Cass. 
I wonder if this is going to be a Carmella heel turn or what they're going to do with that. I don't know. I I really want to see Enzo and Cass run with the titles already. Yeah. I think it is. Maybe she'll turn heel and they'll still win. Or maybe she'll do a double switch where everyone would think she turns and joins them, but she doesn't, and she stabs them in the back and Enzo and Cass wins. No, we'll see. Uh, I I predict this will be Enzo and Cass's night finally. Yeah, me too. Uh, next title match is Sasha defending against Becky. Um, on end Beck's T takeover, unstoppable. I do not predict that this is going to be Becky's moment because the last time I was convinced the title was changing hands, it didn't, and that was Sasha Banks fighting Charlotte like three takeovers ago. So I have a I was feeling. I'm pretty sure when it, when it was Bailey and Charlotte, and then Bailey came out all, already crying. Yeah, and we were like, God damn, she just gave away the finish, didn't she? And then she didn't win. I was like, oh. No, maybe not. Um, I don't know. I feel like this feud could go on for a while, and we haven't seen the full character turn for Becky yet. So I feel like Sasha will retain, but it'll eventually go to Becky. I feel like Becky has, like, all the momentum, and Sasha's just been, like, around but not doing anything the last few months. Sasha would benefit from a main she's roster had, run, too. She's had, like, a couple of matches here or there. Like, wasn't it Sasha that fought uh, uh, Casey Cassidy or whatever, who, who then got resigned to, w, to, to NXT? I think that was last week. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and, yeah, she fought her, and then she yeah, she fought she fought the jobber, and then Becky actually... Did Becky oh, actually they fight called, a jobber? They called her white shorts or whatever, blue shorts? Black shorts. Black shorts. Yeah, they wanted black shorts and blue pants to form a tag team, and I thought that was awesome. <laughs> the funny thing is, blue pants has been on like eight episodes, and she's not signed. Yeah, I know. Really, it's like Colin Cat, Colin Cass, Colin uh, Delaney, who was like the only storyline in ECW for three months, and still wasn't officially a WWE superstar in the in the entire time. Yeah, but they blew that storyline too. They made him turn heel for no reason, then they released him the next week. They made him turn heel and join forces with uh, um, Armando Alejandro. Estrada. Estrada. And then all yes. of a sudden he was gone. But yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, but it's been like all Becky recently, so it's probably why Sasha needs to, should win. Has Sasha been like hurt or something? Because she hasn't, she's only wrestled like twice in the last few months. I don't know. I don't think so. But Is she busy being a bitch and not signing autographs and using her stamp <laughs> maybe i don't know but our main event is kevin owens defending against Sami Zayn. um i feel like it's obvious it's going to be an owens retain job just because of sammy's injury but at the same time you know sammy sammy was only predicted to be out like six to eight weeks anyway which actually wouldn't be that difficult for an nxt taping to not to not defend the title so he could win and then just get beaten so severely that he doesn't appear which lol is kind of what they did last time so sammy it was sammy's so, already been called up yes like, that's offic- true officially not like here's an nxt showcase tag match to promote the takeover coming up it was he actually came out and had a match with john cena <laughs> 
kicked yep. out of the AA. Yeah. Yeah. So Owens would retain here, and then we'll we'll see what's next for Sammy after his injury heals. Is it because your kid likes wearing Sami Zayn shirts instead of KO shirts? <laughs> oh. And then Owens is like, oh, I know you're hurt. And everyone's like, LOL, he said so at the beginning of the promo. Oh, wait, that wasn't said during there that time. Oops. Hmm. So that is NXT TakeOver Unstoppable. That's coming Wednesday. Yes. 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 So uh, I predict that'll be just as good as the other ones. And I also predict that we'll probably get at least one match of the year candidate out of it. Because, you know. Something every time. Seriously. Yeah, we keep getting it. Um, so let's move on to a little something we like to call Troll Truth. This is where idiots on the internet express their opinion. And uh, we don't really have that many bigger idiots out there than an old former member of Club Kayfabe, which we call John. John, uh, you guys know exactly which John I'm talking about. Is it John E.? John E, yeah. Or, no relation. Oh, no, that's, that's, that's too specific. Uh, J. Edward. Edward? Okay, yeah, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> See, now Dan's getting those Simpsons references in. Um, he decided that it was time to for some fantasy booking that was guaranteed to never happen. And thank God this is guaranteed to never happen, because here's his big plan. So, step one. On his way down to the chamber, the last man in the match drops suddenly and flails on the floor. Part two, the final pod door closes, but nobody gets in it. Oh, part three, the last person in the match pins the second to last person just as the final pod opens. Part four, last guy takes a crazy bump, and as he's laying seemingly alone on the mat, the ref counts to three. The announcer scream, he's done it. Vacant has retained the IC title. And then the following weeks, there's this big entrance package that's made for him and the camera. You know, he gets his own music and everything, and the camera focuses on five minutes of dead air in the ring, which is not killer at all for for this something like, like this. sounds like a YouTube video. Yeah. Ten seconds of dead air, like on this podcast, when we're not making a sting joke, could actually severely hurt our show. And he wants five minutes of dead air on a television show. And then he ends it. This is the best part by saying WWE needs my creative genius. No, what you need is a friggin' brick to the head. And what pisses me off the most about this is that the vacant jokes have actually been kind of funny. And now that this happened, I know vacant longer... has like five titles right now, including yeah. a UFC title. <laughs> and now, like, I'm just not into the vacant jokes anymore. He killed it for me. And that's not okay. Which is funny because he's not even on our board. You got it from somebody else, from somewhere else. Yeah, f- thing. F- from the mid-card mess. Ugh, somebody had to share with me so I could see it. And Oh, God, just shut up and go away. Ugh. You know, that's the problem with trolls, though. They're all over the Internet. A lot of them are on WWE's official Facebook page. Yes, and this week we're looking at a post about Nathan Jones... Talks to the WWE.com about his part in Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, God, this cannot possibly end well. Nathan Jones was in Mad Max Fury Road. I didn't even realize it until I saw this, and I was like, oh, yeah, that was him. Yeah, I, I saw him as part of the credit listing when I went to look up what its IMDb score was. He's it like was like 8.9. He's, he's the bad guy's uh, son, uh, oldest son. Oh, boy. Funny thing is, the bad guy in this one was the guy that played Toe Cutter. Really? Yeah. 
I didn't even realize it until I looked at IMDb earlier. And I was but like, it's, it's not Toe Cutter. No, it's not Toe Cutter, but it's the same actor. I, huh. like, I clicked on it. I was looking through the stuff. I clicked on a guy's name, and I was like, is that the name of that guy? Clicked on it, and then he's like, known for Mad Max. And I was like, really? Click. He played Toe Cutter. I was like, okay. Oh, that makes sense. So he was like the main bad guy in two Mad Max movies. Congratulations. Indeed. Anyway, Fury Road is great. It's the best Mad Max movie. Yeah, I keep hearing that. I gotta check that out. Anyway, so Nathan Jones was in there, and he talks to Ready.com about it, because he used to work there. <laughs> Nathan Jones should have never been future and devoured. Future and devoured? Future and devoured. Because oh, they know... spelled endeavored wrong. I didn't, I didn't know anybody ate him. Okay. Future and devoured. <laughs> One no WWE Fatar. Huh? I think they're trying to say number one WWE fighter. But first of all, they put the one before the number. Fatar? And then they wrote Fatar. F-A-I-G-H-T-A-R. Fatar sounds like a bad Power Rangers villain. I am Fatar. Why does he sound like Skeletor? Because he has to. <laughs> Fatar. Uh, Unemployed Fatar. Can we just call this episode Fatar? We can. God damn. Brock, Fatar. Brock Le- Leesner versus CM Punt at hashtag payback. <laughs> I don't know who those guys are. We never what? heard of Brock L E S N E R Lesnar. Lesnar? No, I, I don't know who CM Punt is. CM Punt's all one word too. Is that a soccer player? CM Punt at hashtag payback. You don't know why they're twenty fours, dude. Look at the camera like this. You see your head? No, you don't. You see that thing? Freaking Hogan was in Australia and he visited some Australian football team. Oh, and they're like, they gave him like a, you know, like the celebrity jersey. And like, they said you wanted to be number 24, but I don't know why. And then Hogan's like, you don't know why the 24s, dude. And so he just put his arm in front of his face so he couldn't see anything. That's why, dude. <laughs> that makes sense. Thanks, Hogan. And uh, because this is going to be a, a weird episode, I only grabbed four this week. And the last one is... Holy crap, I thought Nathan Jones was dead. And I don't even mean that mean or rude. I really did. That's awesome. That's the best comment. Well, to be fair. That's like CM Punk's sister texting him about Kevin Nash. Thought he was dead, LOL. (laughs) Uh, Poor poor Nathan Jones. Poor Tiki. The thing is, I don't even understand... Like, like, was he that infamous that we can still talk about him and know who he was? Because if you think about it, his WWE career was nothing. Absolutely like, like nothing. WrestleMania 19, buddy. It's, we've, we've finished 31 a few months ago. Yeah. <laughs> all, all I know about Nathan Jones was that he was, a, he was a prisoner, his nipples lactated, and he was booked to do a training segment on SmackDown where his gimmick was that he didn't know how to wrestle. He's a former WWE World Heavyweight Champion, bro. I know. I got. I used to get WWA before, back in the day, like 
when my dad hacked our direct TV when you could actually still do that. And I got everything for free and I found WWA on pay-per-view and they're like, this is their champion, Nathan Jones. And he was awesome. And it's like, he's coming to WWE. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. They actually hired a good guy. And then he showed up and he's like, I don't remember how to wrestle. Because he actually wasn't bad. I don't know what happened. You like beat Scott Steiner for the title on a pay-per-view. Well, I never saw that match, but I have a feeling that wouldn't change my opinion. So you probably watched the last WWA show. I probably did, yeah. Because, like, Nathan Jones won the title, and then they had, like, one more show, and then it was over. Oh, I... WWE was cool because they 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 really did the different thing first. But they just didn't last, and then TNA came in. And ROH had started up already by then, too. Well, guys, we only got one thing left to do on this show, and that's to play points or... Buried. Nah. 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 Yeah, points are nah. Yeah, this is Dan's version, so it's going to be nah. Um, I'm going to attempt to influence what gets points or whatnot, but ultimately it's Dan's call. So hopefully none of you pissed him off on the last show, Siobhan. Yeah. (laughs) Did Siobhan even enter the... Oh, yeah, yeah, he did. I see his entry. Okay. So Siobhan is in there. (laughs) All right. So... We have decided we're going to open up the Kafabe Academy. And here at Kafabe Academy, we hire wrestlers to teach classes. So we asked you guys to tell us who is going to teach. um, Was this a a, uh, fan submission? No, this is something I came up with. This is a fan submission from Chris O'Mealy. Thanks, Chris O'Mealy. Oh, you're welcome. Um, Yeah, so who, who is teaching the class and what is the class called? So here's here's our first entry, which which makes me laugh at the end. All right. Steve Austin is teaching beer drinking 101 and extra credit. The class is located at 316 Gimmick Street. And then in parentheses, they can't all be funny. <laughs> That's what made me laugh the most. But you know what? I think it's an accurate class. Yeah, accurate class is accurate. Yes. Accurate class is accurate. Uh, I would not go to said class. Yes, you're not a drinker, right? No, I'm not. Okay. Most especially of the beer variety. Uh, beer is disgusting to me. Uh, but the added uh, bonus that they can't all be funny makes it funny. <laughs> so Therefore, you get points. Points to Joey Image. For beer drinking 101. I love how he's the first one and he's acting like like everyone else <laughs> they was funny. Yeah they, they all, yeah, they all can't be funny. He basically set the bar for them. <laughs> all right. Next we have Roddy Piper teaching a class called How to Kick Ass and Chew Bubble Gum at the Same Time. At the same time? Dude, I can't even... Uh, the last I tried, I couldn't even walk and chew bubblegum at the same time. Not that I was fucking up the walking. I was fucking you up know the bubblegum part. <laughs> but you know what? If you attended this class, you could learn. Because I freaking... Like, I started gagging. It's the last time I tried doing... Professor Piper. Professor Piper. I could learn a lot from that class. Yes. So for practicality purposes, points. <laughs> points to Bo Brown. Practical points. Practical points are the are well they're not as good as uh, technical points, but you can't see the difference on your score. Technically, so. you are correct, which is the best kind. 
All right. This one is uh, Paul Heyman, the professor of business ethics. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know about that one. I don't know if I'd attend that class. I think it's point worthy, but I don't know if I'd attend. I think I would attend it, but I wouldn't. uh, I would attend it as a uh, as an entertainment option. Because I would totally go. I just wouldn't, uh, you know, like seriously study up on the curriculum. <laughs> Goddamn. So yes, points. Joe Kalaya, points. Okay, here's our next entry <laughs> verbatim. Our next injury? What? Our, our next entry. Yes. Our next entry verbatim. I'd say Michael Cole could teach a class on how to tell the difference between Kofi and Xavier Woods, but he's not qualified enough to do that. So is, is he teaching the course, but no one no one goes? <laughs> no, he, he's not qualified enough to teach the class. That's the problem. So what's the class the and who's the teacher? Oh, you, you were funny, but you did not follow the rules of the game. Oh, no. Dan's following the rules. So that means uh, I you know what? I will give them half points because they half were funny. They points. were funny, but they didn't uh you know they didn't rule well okay that's that's the arbitrary rule at at hand there all right jeff trelowitz you get 50 points okay next we have the iron sheiks the many uses of the word fuck class guaranteed to make you humble god (laughs) so does he just recite the monty python bit i thought that was a george carlin bit or did he rip that off or was it I think I've seen them both, actually. Yeah. You know what? Does not matter? Could you just imagine him teaching that class? Yeah. Professor Shiki. What happens if you don't do your homework? Though the funny thing is, like, it would be, like, super serious for about two minutes every week. And then he'd go <laughs> off on some tirade. You'd ask him a question. <laughs> like, you raise your hand, ask a question. He'd be like, that is excellent, excellent question you ask of me. You are a good Jew. And I'm like, I'm not Jewish. <laughs> yeah, you're a good Jew. And you'd have to talk about Dan Gable. And then all the craziness. So if, like, Iron Sheik teaching anything is pretty much points. Yes. All right, points to Matt Awesome for his Iron Sheik class. Okay, next is, I'm, I'm going to read this one verbatim, too. Verbatim? Yes. Titty Mastering 101 Dean Ambrose. And that joke's done. It's been done for a while. All right. Is that going to be your first burial, Dan? Uh, I will. Um, I don't feel like digging, so maybe I'll just fold it. <laughs> or maybe I'll just nah. Yeah, that's a, that's a nah. All right. Nah, Dylan Mushaw. Nah. All right. Next we have Vince Russo's class of excellent fucking booking. Class canceled. <laughs> class canceled. <laughs> I was probably, I was going to give that points to begin with, but then the class got canceled, too. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. So, for adding class got canceled, I'll give you a bonus 50. Oh, 150 to Taylor Chadwick. <laughs> right now, everybody's sitting here going, damn, I'm so glad Pat's not dishing out the points this week. <laughs> Oh, God. Here comes this next one. Holy crap. All right, here we go. <laughs> Professor Vince, comma, racist. Oh, no. 
currently dictating the history of lowercase t's and dark people, the effects of gas and heat on Jewish faith, and finally, <laughs> and finally, have to make Chinese babies fly. These are three separate courses. <laughs> no. Yeah, those are his three classes. He just he teaches one at each time of the day. Goodness, the, the morning, the morning, and the two afternoon classes. Uh, oh, it, man. If the door wasn't locked, you would be getting racist points right now. Uh, Actually, you probably still are getting racist points. You will get triple racist points. Which is worth zero. I mean, three times zero is still zero. Last I, last I heard. I mean, I haven't been in a math class since the year 2002. I don't think math has changed that much. I know there's like a new way of adding and subtracting that's going on, but still. But they haven't gotten to multiplication yet? Well, I think anything times zero is still zero as far as I knew. Okay. Uh, but it also gets your regular points. Yes. Glenn Kukin points for your... <laughs> I, my favorite part of that, as funny as the jokes were, I think Vince, comma, racist sold me. <laughs> Vince, comma, racist. <laughs> All right. Now we have Bo Dallas Creative Writing. How to write inspirational books for people who just need to believe. So for creative writing, we're having to write inspirational books? Yes, of course. Creatively. As creatively as you can. Eh, I'm not feeling this one. All right. I think I think if you could have done like one little tweak, it probably would have done it. Yeah. No, I, I will agree with that. All right. So, nah. Charles Hardman, nah. Oh God, this next one. All right. The Von Eric psychology oh behind God, suicide. Okay, no, you can stop. <laughs> that gets points and, and cringies. So 150. So 150 to Ellis Homeless for his Von Eric joke. Uh. Somewhere Melissa Hatfield is just like, man, I got to get back into this game because Ellis is stealing all her Von Eric jokes. And that's like her area, too, because she's Texas. Oh, no. Ellis, you're Georgia. You should be making Freebird jokes. Freebird rule. Freebird rule. Freebird rule. I can join this man. All right. Next we have Missy Hyatt's sex ed class open for everyone. That gets true points. <laughs> how much are those? How much are those worth? Uh, well, true, true is the best. <laughs> so it's still a hundred points. I, uh... All right, Matt Hardman for the Missy Hyatt joke. It's a, it's easy joke, but it is true joke. Yes. All right. Oh God. This or one. so I have heard. Yes. Now we have. Roman Reigns Spermology 101. Oh, no. All samples straight from the source. Ugh. No ua? No ua. Half points for no ua. Oh. Only 50 points to Chev. You know, and Pat would have buried your ass. <laughs> That's true. <clears throat> Pat would have buried you for no ua. Oh, wait, is Chev? Oh, buried. No, oh. He, gets, he, gets, he gets to 50. Wasn't he, like, begging for points at some point? 
I don't uh, know. How dare he get mad at me for spoiling a TV show he's behind on? We're <laughs> <laughs> reading the comments for this. All we're going to just see is wealth in all capital letters. <laughs> like, sad chef. Right. We love you, chef. Well, at least I love you. For several hours. Aww. All right. Advanced sexting with Professor Seth Rollins. Oh, because the thing? Of course. Because the dick pics? Nah. I oh, I mean, he got that, that chick, right? And she's pretty hot. Yeah. So it would be a worthwhile class if that was something you would want. So, half points for a, a decent idea, but not funny? <laughs> half points to Robert Atkin for at least being accurate. Man, next week Pat's just going to bury everyone to make up for this. <laughs> <laughs> Pat's going to be like, that's way too generous. What are you doing half points for? <laughs> really, it's funny because he really doesn't do half points that often. All right, now, oh my god. Bret Hart's introduction to calligraphy, how to take your first stroke. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's cringe. That is cringe and regular, yeah. Cringe and regular. Oy, 150 to Dan Dahl for that goddamn entry. <sighs> that was mean. Oh, oh, and that actually marked the Biggie countdown, was that entry. So uh, here's our next one. Glacier's meteorology class. Why is Glacier doing a meteorology class? Because it's weather and snow. And he's not either. <laughs> he's a glacier. Yes. So uh, I will neatly fold that and throw it in the trash. All right. Mike, you just folded Mike Simsack. Well, it should be relatively simple. God damn. All right. Next, we have Bobby the Brain Heenan's How to Eat Through a Straw. Oh, no. <laughs> Goodness gracious. I might do double cringies and a regular. Oh, wow. That's 200. You just gave 200 points to Matthew Anderson. Pat's really going to be upset now. Oh, God. Pat's going to have to make up for this. Of course. God damn. All right. Next we have have artistic design with Jeff Hardy. Listen to the voice in your head that everyone can hear. Learn how to make aluminummies and how to paint eyeballs on your eyeballs. I can't even do the voice because it's cracking me up. And how to make aluminumies <laughs> and, and paint, paint eyeballs on your eyeballs. eyeballs. Uh, this would be a uh, a class that would would have to have a large monetary uh, use for it. You'd have to buy all these extra things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be expensive. Um, That's be an expensive class, and it'd probably be taught in a trailer. Yes, one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, those, 
Yeah, I've, I've, um, well, I didn't actually go to a school that had one, but I almost did because I was about to move up to middle school there. And they, they had, like, freaking old-ass junior high, and they had, like, freaking ten trailers outside because they had too many students, and they didn't want to build new shit because they're freaking dumb. <laughs> really? Dumb. That's and, awesome. Uh, so yeah, the top of, like, how this junior high was there before my mother went to that school. <laughs> I, anyway, uh, <clears throat> points. <clears throat> points. <clears throat> points. Yes. Adrian Cotton, you got points, just like you asked for in your poem. Thank you, Poem Master Adrian. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. Awesome. And your final entry is <clears throat> Chris Benoit's Weightlifting 101, How to Properly Use the Equipment. Because he didn't properly use the equipment? Uh, I get it. I get because what they're going for. But, joke? Yeah, I get what you're going for, but... Uh, the Benoit jokes are kind of dead in the water right now. You've got a, um, they're kind of in the pool area right now. Oh, yeah. Let out by the pool. Oh, I haven't done this in a while. My, my funny Chris Benoit joke. Oh, ooh, ooh. All right, Dan, I'm ready. Ready? Yes. Chris Benoit. Yeah. <laughs> points. That's been a while. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, no points. No points. All right, sorry, Joe Mad Dog Needle. All right, and, uh, oh, uh, LOL, just kidding. Here's your real last entry. Oh, man. <laughs> Daniel Benoit, how to successfully tap out all points to Hufflepuff. What? <laughs> <laughs> this was, a, uh, this was a, an entry that my wife just submitted right now. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> Oh, Christ, I can't even. <laughs> it's so messed She's up. She's saying Daniel would be a Hufflepuff? <laughs> Obviously. He probably would have been a Hufflepuff. I'm sure he would have been. That's where all the re-reads ended up. Oh, God. <laughs> there have been some wonderful Hufflepuffs through the years. Oh, yes, there was one and he died. There's been more. You know, I, my favorite, my, my favorite Harry Potter fan theories is that you get into uh, uh, Gryffindor by having the courage to ask. That makes sense, right? Then again, Ron Weasley ended up in Gryffindor. Yeah, Neville ended up in Gryffindor, and if there's a there's a stereotypical Hufflepuff, it's freaking Neville. Until like right at you the mean, end, you mean you mean you mean Longbottom, not Mighty Mouse. Yes, I mean Neville Longbottom. <laughs> but of course, right. he freaking badassed and grabbed a freaking sword out of his hat and then sliced a freaking snake in half. He, he destroyed the last Horcrux, and when he did, Voldemort became mortal. Oh yeah, because Neville's tech, the hero. That was the last one. Last one based upon the fact that it was the last one destroyed. Right, right. It wasn't the last one created. We all know which one that one was. It was Harry himself. I know. The one he never meant to make. <sighs> anyway. uh, yeah, His see, we can go off topic, too. Yes, we can go off topic, too. On the cries. Uh, but your winner yes, is the Von Erichs, by the way. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> Good job, Ellis. You ended up scoring 200 points this week. See, now you guys are in trouble. Ellis is the man right now, and nobody's stepping up their game to beat him. That's the guy to beat, guys. 
because he wants this. But and... Shannon gets points. <laughs> I'm going to add Shannon to the list. <laughs> She'll just that. be 100 points the entire time if she ever does anything ever again. I don't know. She might. She might. Oh, dude, she might be getting so pissed about that, though. <laughs> this is way after the time of it. <laughs> it's after the She's deadline. Like six days not... after the deadline. <laughs> oh, yeah. The best part was when the deadline hit, he posted, just wrote, fuck. <laughs> God damn and, and then we all laughed, yeah. But, uh, but you know what? You're the one who's assigning the points. So, <laughs> you know, the best part is he'll submit one after the deadline now and they get pissed off when it gets rejected. <laughs> uh, all right. Yes. <laughs> So goddamn that Daniel Benoit won. Uh, you guys did a good job this week. Like I said, I was going to help you. Um, I was going to try to help Dan sway which ones I feel like got points. But the only ones I feel like weren't point worthy were the ones that Dan also felt like weren't point worthy. Otherwise, I think you guys did a great job. Uh, this was said I did, yeah, these guys did a great job. Baby. You did a great job. You did a good job. Your mother and I are proud of you. Yes, but only your mother and Dan are proud of you. Pastor sitting here, get, being like, "Man, I got to get another." Stephanie McMahon Helmsleying over there. Yeah, he's got to get his shovel ready for next week. He's going to bury all of. Yeah, me. he's not even going to fold anything next week. <laughs> you know what? We should actually let Pat choose next week's game topic too. <laughs> I might do that actually. All right. Um, once again, if you guys have an idea for a points or buried game, submit it. I take all submissions into consideration. Um, if you have submitted one in the past that I haven't done yet, it's probably just because I forgot about it. So let me know again. So remind him. Yeah, please remind me. And, uh, that was part two of our two year special year anniversary, which ended up not being a special. Uh, this one ran a little bit longer than part one, but, uh, you know what? It's because we had our segments in there. We'll be back next week with a review of everything that happened on Raw and SmackDown and Lucha and we'll have results from the new NXT TakeOver special. And maybe some guests in a Russell Peace Theater? Maybe. There's actually a good chance that might come back, depending on how our scheduling works out, and who might be available and wants to join us. So, until next time, I am Chris. That is Dan. And uh, we'll see you then. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>